Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Tamara Thomas, editor-in-chief of UrbanHealthToday.com, part of the DocWire family of medical news sites, and I want to thank you for tuning in to Urban Health Weekly. Our goal each week is to keep you informed of the latest in health and medical news right from today's headlines. It's time to empower yourself with open conversations about your medical care with news that matters to you. So are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, I'm Tamara Thomas, Editor-in-Chief of Urban Health Today, and I'm speaking with Patty Hayward, Vice President of Strategy for Healthcare at TalkDesk, a cloud-based content, contact, sorry, a cloud-based contact center and AI software provider. She's here to talk about AI and why the patient experience is now more important than ever. Thanks for talking to me today, Ms. Hayward. Hey, Tamara. Thanks for having me. This is great. Awesome. Let's get started. So tell us about TalkDesk. Tell us about your company and your product. Yeah. So TalkDesk is a contact center as a service provider. We are the first um, CCAS is how they sort of acronym it. Um, we are that first vendor that was born natively in the cloud and we service, you know, um, thousands of clients over any vertical you could possibly imagine. And about a year and a half ago, they really decided to look deeply at some specific verticals. And um, that's when I joined to really look at the healthcare area and what do we need to do differently to service the folks in that healthcare area? Because as we know, it's really different. And we need to take a look at how do we work closely with the providers and the payers in that space to really diff deliver a differentiated patient or member experience. So it's been really exciting, a lot of fun. You know, uh, innovation is at the core of this company. You know, we, we put more than half of our employees in that product and R&D area. So we really have a great ability to move rapidly and to innovate and to try and really change the space. And how do you differ from other services like Teladoc? So Teladoc is more of a clinician. So if you need to come to um, a, a physician, you want a, a quick understanding of something that may be going on. And instead of going to a doctor, you basically go to a service like Teladoc and you are able to um, see a physician or a nurse practitioner and, and, and wow. you know, get your services that you need. We actually work with the providers so that if you were to call them um, or interact with them in a digital manner um, to schedule an appointment, refill a prescription, pay a bill, things like that, you can use our platform to do that. So it's a little different. Okay, so how many physicians uh, or health organizations or clinics are currently um, using your product? Yeah, we have um, hundreds of uh, clients that are in the healthcare and life sciences um, space that are currently using TalkDesk platform. So um, we've, uh, we've really rapidly expanded in the provider space over the last couple of years, um, really working closely with them to look at what their needs are. Speaking of, of that, let's talk about patient experience. So what yeah. makes the patient experience more important now than any other time? That's a great question. You know, I think that with the pandemic and what happened in the past two years, we've really seen a shift in expectations from the patient and looking at 
you know, what do they really need and what are they getting in other spaces? If you think about retail or you think about travel, hospitality areas, you're used to, to being able to engage in multiple ways. And by the way, not just nine to five, right? You want to be able to engage um, when it's convenient for you. Not, not everybody has the opportunity to work with a provider between the hours of nine and five, right? So, and, you know, I always joke about I do this all day, every day, not, not on podcasts, but I have meetings all day between nine and five. And so to be able to call and speak to someone via voice during those times is really difficult. And healthcare is already difficult enough to navigate. So it's really important that we give more options and that we're really trying to deliver a much more personalized approach. You know, there's nothing more personal than healthcare, right? When you think about what the journey looks like and how we care for both ourselves and our family members, it's a very personal thing. And we want to make sure that we can help those providers deliver a more personalized experience. You know, when I, when I think about my provider who I've been with for 19 years, every time I call that organization, first of all, I have to call <laughs> between nine and five. And when I call, it's like, I'm new every time, right? They, they want to, they, they don't know exactly what my journey is or why I might be calling. And, and that's really different from a journey you would get, say, if you called someone like Delta airlines and you were a member that, uh, that, that flies them frequently, they would know who you are and they would know that you were about to be on a flight and that it's delayed. And they probably have already rebooked you on a different flight and they are able to communicate that to you rapidly. So we don't have anything like that in the provider space. And I think it's really important to be able to pull some of those tools over. And the expectations are really there that that occurs. You think about the, the younger generations, you know, my kids don't have a primary care provider. They haven't chosen one because they don't want to. They want to be able to go to see a physician whenever they're in need, and they want to make sure that that's on their time frame. So being able to look at something like a teledoc or looking at some of the things like Amazon Care and being able to engage in that way is important. And so we're seeing that um, not only are patients expecting more, they're more willing to switch in order to do that than has ever happened before. So that's really making organizations look at the call center in a different light. It used to be just a cost center. It's someone we've got to have that's going to make appointments, going to pay the bills. They really haven't brought that into a, hey, this is a patient experience piece. They reserve that for the actual interaction in the moment of when they're seeing the physician. But really the patient experience starts from the moment that you contact them. So oh, that's starting to become big. Fine. So okay. Go ahead. I'll finish what you were saying. No, I was just going to say that's become a really, really big, um, big uh, differentiator for a lot of organizations is looking at that in a very different way than they have in the past. So, so walk me through how exactly does talk desk work? So we have the ability to um, deal with phone calls. So obviously, you know, when you call our um, uh, uh, software would pop up. If you've interacted with that organization in the past, um, we have deep integration into the electronic health records. So we're able to um, know who you are. If you're calling from the phone number that's associated with your medical record, we know who you are. We can pop up information about your journey. You know, if you've got upcoming appointments, if you are, you know, have a, an outstanding balance, if you've got all sorts of information about, you know, what the next best action might be for that patient as they're calling in. So let's say you call in to pay your bill, but you want, um, you, and you have, but you haven't had your annual exam. Exam yet. So 
the the agent would be able to see that they were due for that. So instead of just calling in, having that that one moment where you're just doing the transaction that you wanted to do, the agent is has the information to be able to say, well, Miss Smith, I see that um, you know you haven't been in for your annual exam yet. Um, can I help you schedule that or transfer you over to someone who does the scheduling for our organization? And we can also do it on multiple channels and we can do it in a proactive way. So let's say you've been discharged from the hospital and um, you uh, the, the, the best way to reduce readmissions, which is something that every hospital strives to do, um, is that if you leave the hospital, you want to be in and see your physician for a follow-up within seven days. That's one of the best things that we can do in order to prevent the person readmitting to the hospital. So instead of handing the person a packet that basically says, hey, these are the things you should go do for yourself, we should be sending that patient a text from their um, physician saying, hey, we see that you were in the hospital, just discharged from the hospital. Here's some op options for a follow-up appointment in the next couple of days and offer a few windows. We can do that via text. We can do it via voice. We can do it via a chat, a, a voice um, robot that basically can offer that person information. Um, we validate it to be secure, to make sure we're talking to the right person. And then we're able to schedule appointments in an automated fashion. And if the person needs to speak to someone, we can then escalate them to a live agent and that live agent will have all the contacts from the discussion that happened via chat or via uh, you know, um, text message or voice interaction. So that allows that person to not have to repeat themselves whenever they change people. That's a really important thing. You know how frustrating it is to have to <laughs> repeat yourself over and over again every time you change person or channel. So all of that stuff helps and then you send everything back. Yeah. <laughs> Representative. Exactly. <laughs> we can also hear if you're frustrated. That's the other thing. I thought I read that. I read where yeah. your AI detects distress. Correct. And so, and so what does the AI then do when they detect the stress uh, in the, the call? Yeah, so this is the great thing. So the organization can decide how to deal with that, right? So typically you're gonna wanna escalate that to a live person, um, but there's also other aspects of things that you can do depending on what that distress is. It could be that if you've got a patient that has, um, you know, is, is someone who um, spends a lot of time at your organization, let's say they have multiple chronic diseases, so they have a lot of physicians that they see, um, maybe they've been in now the hospital a few times, <clears throat> we can actually put pathways together that when that person calls, we can actually route them to a specific, a specific agent that is more trained, understands really what's going on, and maybe offers a different journey than, say, my 23-year-old son who might call in, who's perfectly healthy, and all he wants to do is schedule an appointment for something that's going on. That's be a very different journey um, instead of having somebody have to do, you know, put everybody through the journey and make them navigate. Again, you can hear kind of a, a theme is trying to provide more personalized journeys for these um, patients and allow it to be a, a much more delightful and, and, and um, coordinated journey for a patient in an organization. This sounds like a, a, an auto triage type Correct. System. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, we've actually been sort of playing around with what do we call it and triage has come up many times because that's really what you're doing. Yeah. So this sounds like it makes the clinician's job 
um, and maybe even the ad admin uh, job easier. Is there anything that they need to do on their end to, uh, on the office end to facilitate this or is this all just part of, like, do they need to put in parameters? How does that work? That's a really great question. So I think one of the unique things about TalkDesk is a lot of companies have capabilities, but really the thing that makes us special and unique is our um, healthcare understanding. So we've actually pre-built a lot of these flows <clears throat> so that people don't have to design them. And it's really easy to go in and edit them. So if say you want to take a flow we have already and make a few changes, it's very easy and it's clicks, not code. You know, we're very big into, you don't need a data scientist on your team in order to work through this. We wanna make sure that it's easy because we know resources are incredibly strapped in healthcare. They just don't have that knowledge base in order to do it. So we wanted to make this something where they wouldn't have to build and have a data scientist on and really work through all of this. We wanna make it easy to adopt because otherwise we're not gonna see adoption in healthcare for an extended period of time um, because they just don't have the ability to do that at this point. There's so many other things as you can imagine, so much burnout, so many things that happened over the last two years and, and, you know, they really need some rest, <laughs> you know, and the ability to offload a lot of this stuff and make it easier. The other thing that we do that I think is really unique is um, we can listen into the conversations and offer that agent um, information in a timely manner. If someone asks a question, we can actually surface knowledge articles. We can surface um, workflows and information that the agent needs in that time to make sure that the answers are correct. Um, so that if you've got, and we know call centers have high turnover. And, and so we want to make sure that someone is as efficient early in their career as they are if they've been there for 10 years. We want to make that person very viable. I think that adds huge amounts to job satisfaction. No one wants to feel like they don't know what they're doing. It adds stress. It adds you know, a really bad experience for both the agent and the patient because they don't feel like they're being taken care of. The poor agent is feeling not empowered. Um, so we want to make sure that we're empowering everybody as much as we can. And that AI component can really help on both sides. I'm telling you, I could have used this a few weeks ago because uh, I was scheduled for a procedure and I wanted to talk to the clinician because mm -hmm. I'm nervous about the procedure. I didn't have enough information about it. And no lie, Patty, I spoke to at least five people that were not clinicians. And I had to keep saying to them, I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to a clinician. I have clinical yeah. questions. Right. And uh, they, they, you know, they were well-meaning, but they couldn't answer my question. Mm -hmm. So I'd have to go through five different times of asking the questions and them saying, yeah, I don't know. And I just became so frustrated that by person number six, I was like, I'm sorry, I don't want to talk to you if you're not a clinician. Like I started the call, I thought, are you a clinician? Well, no, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't want to be rude, but I don't want to talk to you. You can't, yeah. I need to. Man, I wish they had talked. It, it, is, it is a frustrating thing to navigate our healthcare. Um, you know, it, it is just not an easy thing. And having had both, you know, a lot of family members, unfortunately, who I've helped navigate, um, even for someone who's, been in healthcare for 25 years, it's really hard to navigate. And so, you know, I think that that is an imperative for us is to make it easier on both sides, right? I'm sure that those well-meaning people felt horrible that they couldn't help you. You know, it's not a satisfier for them as well. It adds and lends to burnout. We want to make sure that. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. We're empowering folks on all sides so that we can really get them, you know, get patients like yourself, right? The information they need in the time that they need it. And so I think that that is a great call out and is something that I have been working a large part of my career to fix um, within a lot of healthcare organizations, whether it's medication safety or whether it's, um, you know, thinking about population health and how do we help our folks that have multiple chronic diseases and keep them healthier and keep them out of the hospital, you know, I, I so many stories to tell about just the journey with my mom and, and, and all of the different aspects of, you know, working with a, a senior who has multiple chronic diseases and trying to manage so many different physicians, you know, I lived it. And so it's a big passion of mine of how do we, how do we increase communication? How do we allow for everybody to do what they want to do? No one goes into healthcare because they're, after money. They want to go in because they're trying to help. They want to give back. This is such, you know, a great community to work within. And so to give them the tools to, to empower their employees and to empower their patients is so important. And it's really satisfying work. And one of the, one of the uh, people that called me back actually was a clinician. She was Mm -hmm. a nurse and I could hear her in the background flipping through my chart. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh gosh, and it was paper. That's sad. She still couldn't answer my questions. And I don't want to embarrass you. Like, you know, I can hear you going through my chart. And yeah. I said, are you familiar with my case? And she's like, oh, yes, yes, I have it right here. And I'm just here, clip, clip, clip. But yep. she still couldn't. Anyway, so that. <laughs> It's hard, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing. And and we're the they're understaffed and overworked. And so trying to balance the needs of of all of their patients and still provide an empathetic journey for you, right? If you're coming in and you're nervous about a procedure, that's important for them to try to deliver with empathy. It's something that everybody's really striving to do and everybody wants to give. Um, They just really need some help. So how much it sounds like the initial setup to get started is not, uh, you know, a barrier for entry. How much, um, how much time and how much money, how much time uh, does this service save organizations? And, and, yeah. and, and how much money, what kind of cost savings is there? You know, I think that what I've seen out there is a lot of organizations trying to pull together multiple vendors in order to accomplish what we can accomplish. And part of what that does is increase integration costs and in what we call kind of the service integrators and all of these large groups that come in. And really it can be millions of dollars that they spend in order to pull all of these different systems together, have a database. Um, and they're really duplicating a lot of the things that are already present in their electronic health record. And so we made a very big decision at the early on stages to not create a separate database 
um, which did a couple things. One, it, it's it, it security-wise huge. We want to do real-time API calls. We don't want to be holding PHI. Um, we are going to utilize that EHR and that information that's in there in or because that's where it lives. That's your system of record. So we want to be able to make those real-time calls and service that information when needed, but it lives over there. So that's big. We have um, you know, talk desk, one of the best things that we have is our integration ability. And we use those, we're built on modern architecture. And so looking at how a lot of older systems are built, they're built on older um, systems. And so they have to do things in a different way. We're able to do it differently because we're built on microservices and we have a much more modern architecture. And so our real-time uh, real API calls are very advanced and we can integrate very easily with a lot of different um, health records. We work really, really closely with both Epic and Cerner and, and many others, but we have this ability to do those call-outs in real time out of the box. So in order to, you know, set that up, we're talking, you know, weeks versus months. And sometimes in some cases, you know, I have folks that I'm talking to that have been trying to do this for almost a year and the service integrators come back for, for more money because they realize how hard it is to get the information to flow. And so that's something we really wanted to remove out of the, of the way as a cost ba barrier to entrance, as well as, um, you know, just the time as well as the upkeep, because what you have to think of is not only is this the first time, but every time upgrades happen, you've got to then start to look and test to make sure nothing got broken in the middle uh, as, you're, as you're upgrading one side or the other, you know, with all these different systems. Plus the other thing that I think happens that people don't realize is you're starting to create additional silos of communication. So if you've got somebody that does a lot of text messaging, that doesn't necessarily flow over to voice. So if someone needs to escalate that, that now you're stuck with that same thing of, okay, now I've got to repeat myself again and say why I'm, why I'm calling because the information didn't necessarily flow. Plus you're dealing with multiple vendors, right? So if, um, and a lot of these vendors are small, they're just jumping into the space because digital is a new space. And so you're seeing, you know, you're going to see a lot of acquisition. You're going to see people because there's so many players right now in this space, you're going to see folks fall out, right? They'll either be purchased or whatever, uh, they just won't make it. And so folks will be stuck with technology that isn't necessarily continued to be supported or is going in a different direction because they're they're purchased by a different uh, vendor that maybe doesn't work as nice with, with somebody that they have. So, you know, we saw a lot of this happen when um, electronic health records first came out. Um, and everybody sort of had what we call best of breed, where you had your nursing documentation by one group, your ER documentation in another, lab in another, pharmacy in another. And there was a complex series of integrations that happened, which was huge, you know, cost as well in, in complexity. Um, so being able to provide a platform for communication, I think is key. And that's really going to save, like you, like you talked about, time and money, which is obviously huge, um, you know, and you, you're you're talking over time, if you look at some of these contracts, it's, it's, it can, depending on the size of the organization, obviously, um, for some of these, you know, health systems can be millions of dollars. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to go back a little, you mentioned that uh, the HIPAA and the PHI does yep. not live on your, so what steps uh, do you take to ensure the HIPAA? How, how does it, how do you, um, how do you apportion that 
Yeah. So we are, we are HIPAA compliant. We do sign what's called a business associate agreement. So we work in conjunction with the health system, who's the covered entity who sort of, you know, they own that PHI. Um, and again, we leave all that information in the electronic health record. We're just doing real time calls. Um, so there's that. We're also in the cloud. And I think if you think about um, safety on premise versus cloud, there's been a real big shift. I think, um, as you've seen over the past couple of years, especially with all the cyber attacks that we're seeing, is that people in the cloud are safer. It used to be, oh, we want on-prem because we want to control everything. The problem is, is that, you know, when you look at cloud storage and you look at whomever, right, whether it's AWS, Google, Microsoft, whatever, these guys employ, you know, world-class security measures. Right. Um, I'll give you a great example because it's a really interesting one. If you look at what happened in, um, uh, you know, the current war that's going on with Russia, mm -hmm. there was actually a cyber attack that happened, um, and and Microsoft detected it. Oh wow! And they called the government and they said, "Hey, <laughs> Russia's hacking you. We've employed because they were hosted in Microsoft's cloud, right? And Microsoft blocked it and was able to take them because they were trying to attack their." Department of Defense. So they they blocked it with their real-time access. So, so here is a private company in the US diving into this interesting conflict that's happening. <laughs> and they were able to cut that that cyber attack off. So wow. if you think about that, you know, and you think about what a healthcare company or an organization can do, they don't have the resources because they're not just all in on that piece. They have so many other things that they're managing. To get to the cloud is another imperative that I think needs to happen. And you're seeing that very, very um, big adoption right now of folks deciding that they're going to move even their EHR pieces right. to be hosted in the cloud. So when you think about that, you know, we're already there. We're native. We were born in the cloud. There's no sort of adopting to the cloud. That's where we were born. And so all of those um, security measures are in place in our organization today. That's fantastic. Yeah. So it's a pretty there, cool thing. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Is there a way for patient consumers to find out if their provider insurance plan are part of your network? If if you, the organization uses TalkDesk? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, typically you're going to go through, um, you know, your um, your payer. So, like, say your Blue Cross Blue Shield or whatever, you know, whatever your, your, your payer is, um, you have the ability to call in. And if that particular organization, um, was part of talk desk, um, usually a lot of people will call in and just say, Hey, here's the physician, you know, we'd have access to their systems to be able to see that they can ask the question and we can, we can answer that. So yes, absolutely. That would be something that they'd be able to do. Um, you, you can also call your provider um, and find that out uh, typically, um, but, but a lot of people will end up going to their payer. And that's usually part of a process during enrollment is that folks wanna understand as they're picking out, like say if they're a um, Medicare Advantage, uh, a senior citizen who's, who's deciding that they've got Medicare, but in order to choose between the different Medicare Advantage options that are out there, they want to decide, hey, I because I kind of want to keep my physician. <laughs> Let me go check with them and you'll be able to do that. So, so typically that's done on a website, but if they called in, we can certainly uh, help with that as well, with that knowledge base piece. 
piece that we spoke about earlier, we can listen in and we can say, okay, here's your knowledge base and here's, here's what we're able to uh, surface for that agent pretty quickly. So if you're someone who's had your insurance, I mean, if you're not changing insurance plans, then you don't readily know this. So basically what you do is you call your insurance carrier and you say, hey, I'm looking for an organization whose doctors, um, whose clinicians use TalkDesk. Is that, that how that works? No, because TalkDesk really doesn't sit necessarily in the middle of that. That's really going to be more of a conversation that happens with the, between the provider and the payer. But so would the provider know that? The provider wouldn't necessarily know that. Well, they, they should because they, they have contracts, right? So, okay. so the way that you find if you're a network is you have contracts with certain you know, benefits organization. So that's usually um, something that is negotiated at the, um, you know, health system level. If you're a private, you know, small doc practice, you're obviously going to do that directly with the, with the payer and they'll know who they have contracts with and who they don't. So they should have that opportunity. Okay. Yeah. This, this all sounds fantastic. I wish more organizations embrace this. And um, I hope you guys expand across this country. Yes, I do too. You know, I think there's a lot of a shift in, in recognition that, you know, we really need to work on uh, digital engagement. We need to work on unification of those strategies across, you know, we saw during the pandemic, a lot of people really rapidly adopting technology, which, which is great. But now they're sort of going back and saying, all right, is this, did we adopt the right thing? And, and, and yes, we probably created some silos. And so I think people are really starting to kind of smooth that out and try to figure out what the best path forward is. And also with a lot of people working from home, mm -hmm. people don't necessarily know this when they call that oftentimes when you, you call and the person's calling you back, it's because they're talking to somebody who doesn't want to come into the office. So they have to get a hold of that person who might be doing something else that's not necessarily work. And then so it's, it creates a lag in service. So talk desk would really be great for filling that space as well, because it's correct in real time. Yeah, there's a lot of automation that can occur, which is great. So you can take, you know, our goal is to free up time for those agents when they're speaking to someone live. You know, we really want to take all of those sort of not easy, but easier to do things off their plate and allow them to have more time. Because what we're seeing is just, you know, with the pandemic, we saw people's phone systems just go down because they weren't, they weren't, they weren't designed to handle the kind of a call volume that we saw. And so being able to automate as many things as we can so that we can free up that time is important. And, you know, you're not spending hours on hold trying to oh get... <laughs> I mean, we saw that in the early days of the pandemic, the phone systems just completely shut down or they weren't able to just get to somebody because nobody wanted, nobody could come into the office. So they also had to spread people out over their own homes and call centers now became your kitchen counter. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so web, you know, being in the cloud was really, you know, right. folks that had talked to us, that was big. We were able to deploy rapidly out there. So yeah, it's, it's been quite a journey over the last couple of years in healthcare for sure. I'm just, I'm here for it. I just want more of it. Yes. Thank you so much for your time today. This was really great. And I'm really looking forward to seeing more of this. Thank you. It was really great to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Urban Health Weekly today. I hope you'll join me and my friends next week so you can stay informed and inspired to take control of your health. See you next time.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 